Dream of Scent The day seemed to drag beyond his comprehension as if refusing to end. His body was too fagged and his mind even wearer. He crossed the road in a dangerous manner and jumped on the footpath. Along the pavement lay an assortment of buildings that stood like matchboxes stacked against each other. Somehow he felt these buildings were too high and too narrow, making them perilous to fall upon him. His weary mind hunkered even lower. Though he wasn't in a hurry to reach home, he didn't prefer to squander his time on the road either. The road was raucously loud and the air was sickening with a blend of diesel and stench of drainage flowing beneath the footpath. Ram was from the foothills of Almora. He had come a long way for a job, far from mountain freshness. When he couldn't bear the smell any longer, he took out his handkerchief and covered his nose. The more he tried to divert his mind from this stink, the more obsessed he became for the stench. To add to his olfactory misery, a whip of cheap cologne from a man who just walked past him entered his nose. He felt a pressing need to breathe some fresh air. He recalled he had similar strange sensations and feelings last year, just before he had an epileptic fit. His doctor diagnosed it as a complex partial seizure. He was told that this particular type of seizure was characterized by pre-convulsive phase of aura, during which sensations became bizarrely augmented and perceptions became distorted. He needed to sit someplace urgently to relax. Just by sheer chance, he saw the entrance of the central park next to him. He thought it to be more of divine intervention rather than sheer coincidence. Ram Murak saw his watch. He could spend some time in this park. He decided in a moment and veered towards the park. It was around seven in the evening and the sun was struggling to sit in the horizon, even after having done it daily for eons. Soon the sun would gather all its color of dusky twilight. He thought from the face of the earth and gently concealed them behind the horizon to reappear in some other part of the world as the dawn. As it came across him, that while setting the sun had some kind of haste of astral magnitude. Thus, it spilled few of its gleaned colors, which now smudged the erstwhile blue sky, making a color right, just before the night turning it into pitch-dark canvas. Such glitziness, he thought. Too fixated on the sun's glitziness, he himself almost missed a step on the stairs of the park that brought him back from his reverie. He realized what dreadful feelings he was having for the last few minutes. He had felt three or four similar episodes of getting lost in a trance for a few moments since he had left the office, but none was of such duration or intensity as the current one. Every time he had to make a volitional effort to bring him back from his trance. Stumbling on steps served this purpose, unintentionally this time. Ram was a regular visitor of this park, taking refuge mostly in the evenings. Whenever he thought he was too strung up or perturbed to go home or needed to unwind a little, he made this park his asylum. Most of the days he just sat and watched the Myrad 
conjectures of this park. It was rush hour and most of the neighborhood sought this park for diverse purposes. He settled on the first vacant bench he saw. Luckily, it was near the fountain. He felt the mist falling on his face and felt the air to be fresh enough. He drew breaths as deep as he could, deeper than his usual, which was quite noticeable for the passers-by to turn their head and look at him in bewilderment. A young couple was walking their baby in a stroller, a dog yanking on his leash and trying its might to prod the flower beds, perhaps to smell something familiar, like a dog pee. He could hear a child crying somewhere near but out of sight. Ram pitied the parents of this baby, reminiscent of his own time when his son was an infant. For some obscure reason, his long-forsaken memories were flooding in since he left the office for the day. He could not resist closing off his eyes and resting his head against the bench. Again a whiff of same cheap colon entered his nostrils. He opened his eyes and saw a man walking past him. The smell perhaps came from him. He did not dislike the floral fragrance particularly, but its cheapness irked him. But why was he fixated on this particular smell today? Was beyond his comprehension. Maybe he is having another episode of pre-convulsive aura. He saw a couple of ladies dressed too inappropriately for an evening walk and too busy bragging about themselves. A man in a green hoodie around 30 years old came from the opposite side. The man shuffled his pace as he neared the two damsels and stumbled on a tile, protruding slightly from the track. As a result, he almost fell on one of the ladies. In a flash, he recovered and said sorry and started walking away. It took a few moments before she realized her necklace had been snatched. She became intensely obtuse, unable to utter a sound. Her companion, though, assessed the situation quickly and screamed on top of her voice looking at nearby people for help, especially Ram, who was closest to them and watching this. More out of instinct than chivalry, he jumped from his bench and raced after the chain snatcher. He was a good 25 meter behind the snatcher and hoped to intercept him before the park's end. Two people running on their top speeds didn't quite seem an oddity for people in the park, so no one tried to stop them. Just before the turnstile entrance gate, the snatcher flinched and was befuddled whether to jump over the turnstile or swivel across it. Taking advantage of the hesitance, Ram hurtled himself on the snatcher and together they fell on the ground as one mangled heap of legs and arms. One arm went into one pocket and flashed a knife, which looked ominous. Too ominous for this setting of a quaint evening in a park. Ram, sensing danger, tried to extricate himself from the seat, but couldn't. The arm, with the blade, the only free limb amongst two pairs, flashed at Ram's face. Just in the nick of time, he retracted his head with a jerk before the knife could scratch his face. Ram's head hit the shoulder of the man sitting on the bench alongside, who got a little startled by the sudden attack of the head. He took his eyes off his mobile and rooked at Ram. Flustered. Sorry was perhaps a right word for Ram to say. Instead, with eyes half closed as if feeling heavy with sleep, he muttered, What happened? Now, more baffled than ever, the man with mobile raised his eyes and said nothing. 
and once again drowned himself in his mobile. He was too grossly engaged in his mobile to care for head hitting, grasping and a puzzling man sitting next to him. Ram's droopy eyes closed again and he picked up his dream from where he lived. He was lying on the ground face down. Faces were gathered over him. One of them was a policeman, a somewhat familiar-looking man with earphones dangling around his ears, was kneeling beside him, giving him chest thumps and occasionally blowing in his mouth. He wanted to stop him, shout at him, tell everyone around about the chain snatching, but the voice never came out of his throat. He saw blood spilled all over the place and simultaneously felt excruciating pain over his abdomen. The policeman was furiously riding something on his pad. Amongst the crowd beside him, he noticed a couple of women. Hoju seemed vaguely familiar. He instinctively noticed neckline of one of them and found it to be blank. Ram once again went blank after this. With a startle, he woke up. It took Ram a while and a few breaths to come back to reality. He realized he never left the bench all this while. But where and when did he lose contact with reality? Was he even sitting in the park? Or was it just his weary mind that was dreaming? He was in a state of mind where dream and reality intersect at an imperceptible intersection, compounded further by his state of aura. He was sure he saw a chain snatching and he heard the shrieks afterward. But did he run after the thief? He suddenly put his hand across his face for any blood or injury. He felt something moist and warm on his face. He brought his trembling hand in front of his eyes. It wasn't red. It was only sweat. He sighed with a relief. He discovered he was soaked in sweat. Did he run too hard? Why? When? But then all the sweat could very well have been because of his dreadful dream. He again focused hard to remember where exactly his dream merged with reality. He felt as if he had lived this moment before, deja vu being an integral part of aura, as the doctor told him. Many times, it was just like a person standing between two mirrors, with his uncountable reflection getting distant and fade with every successive cast, like a fainting echo of the hill. He drowned in his suspicions and fears. Ram tried, but could not count how many times he had lived this moment. Though he was not sure of the moment ever happening, yet he was sure of this moment's reflection. Ram got confused shook his head and again tried thinking right from the beginning. He was sure that there were two women and there was a man in hoodie approaching them. And then the chase and the knife. Yes, he was clear now. Chain snatching had happened. Did he run after the thief or was it this all in his mind? There was an element of doubt in his mind. So he looked at his neighbor for more clues. He asked him, Did any chain snatching happen here just now? The man was engrossed in his mobile and wrenched his eyes from it, bemused and stared at Ram. Ram even pinched himself and winced, thus baffling the man, who now seriously thought about leaving the bench. He looked around and couldn't see a vacant bench and was compelled to sit there beside this eccentric, self-pinching and head-hitting man. Ram ignored those baffling looks and thought it would be prudent to ask him again, Did you see any chain snatching here? A few minutes ago, though while speaking minutes, he wasn't sure about the time frame. Still, any answer would clear his confusion. The man with the mobile saw Ram carefully, sitting beside an outlandish man 
on a park bench is one thing but starting conversation with him required a different level of fortitude his tenacity was leaving him fast unanswered for his question ram again asked him did i run after the chain snatcher this was the last straw for the man in the tracksuit he couldn't take this any longer infuriated he rose in despair saw indignantly at ram and just wandered off mumbling something conspicuously profane Ram waited for a moment just precisely in length after his friend left before he rose he didn't want to give the man an impression that he was being followed if he noticed that ram was following him then it would have given him the heebie-jeebies ram rose and looked around but suddenly felt woozy and slumped back he couldn't open his eyes as it seemed his eyelids were too heavy after a few deep breaths he felt okay and tried to stand up again This time he could find himself standing next to a person wearing a tracksuit and oversized headphones attached to his mobile phone the man with the mobile was holding him by his arm to prevent him from falling ram looked around him and found himself standing at the entrance of the park his briefcase was lying on the ground beside him are you okay asked the man with the headphones rather loudly while picking up the briefcase ram felt the creeps and found it quite weird He was sitting on the bench just a while ago and now here he was standing at the park's entrance talking to a stranger whom he thought have met before he was sure he looked familiar to him ram became flabbergasted and couldn't answer back he kept staring at the man with the mobile they were interrupted by two women entering the park gabbling incessantly hardly caring to look around he noticed one of the ladies was wearing a neck piece too loud for an evening stroll It appeared as if Ram had seen this woman and her necklace elsewhere. But where or when he couldn't recall. Why did this appear to be familiar even if vague and indistinct? What was the reason behind this flashback? Who was this lady? Ram took his briefcase and thanked the man with mobile. He felt the park to be too noisy. In utter confusion, he thought maybe he had just entered the park. He looked at his watch. It was 7:2 p.m. He took a deep breath and ambled down the trail before he recovered a bit. The path was lined with flower beds on either side. It was nearing the end of February and the springtime in India. The outrageous undressing of plants and trees by autumn in the last few weeks was being covered by the spring now. And so had the flower beds started blooming up again, throwing their delightful fragrances and colors. And so had the flower beds started blooming up again. throwing their delightful fragrances and colors roses alizum stocks were all over they all had intoxicated the atmosphere one particular nature lover was kneeling beside the flower bed to breathe in his nose full of roses ram overlooked him and had to overleap him to prevent himself from falling over he suddenly felt a momentary lapse in his consciousness and looked all around to gather his bearings once again The setting sun was hastily collecting and erasing all its colors, reckless enough to leave few dabs of orange and purple on the far end of its horizon. It seemed the sun couldn't reach that far to reclaim them and choose to leave them on their own, especially with night pressing urgently over the sun to leave the arena. It quizzed him for a moment as to why he was standing in a park when he was supposed to be at home this time. Perhaps his aura was deepening, causing him temporary loss of short-term memory. After walking for a few seconds, he found himself a nice cozy bench surrounded by the bushes. 
close to the only fountain in the park. He thought these were enough reasons to settle down here. Simultaneously, a man in a yellow tracksuit selected the same bench for the same reasons and quickly nestled on it. The yellow tracksuit did not spare even a moment in looking around and immediately got busy with his mobile. Ram wondered if that man even noticed him sitting there already. Ram had to shuffle himself a little to his left to make a place for the gentleman. Otherwise, this man could have landed on Ram's lap. He looked at him only for a fraction of a second and noticed the nerdy-looking man of approximately 20 wearing a good quality tracksuit and a colorful pair of sneakers, colorful enough to give a stiff competition to the colors of flowers there. Ram mused, why do people come to the park? Wearing tracksuit and sneakers, if all they had to do was drown themselves in their mobile phones. The cool spring air was heavy with the aroma from flower beds, the freshness of newly sprouted leaves and the smell of freshly trodden grass seemingly bursting from all over the ground. All these had spent the last few weeks in hibernation and the joy of spring was evident in them. All these created a tranquil ambience for him to close his eyes and doze off. In that phantasmagorical state of mind, he saw a necklace being pulled by a snatcher and him giving a chase to catch the thief. He almost caught hold of the thief after a good chase, but was flashed a knife upon. He saw himself resisting with all his might to hold the assailant's arm and prevent that knife slashing across his face. The visual was disturbing enough, even for a dream and he quivered. On an impulse, he shook his head which hit his neighbor's shoulders, startling him up. Ram started walking. Perhaps this was the only way he could get out of this inextricable labyrinth of time. With every step he took in the park, he started coming back to the park to the present. The walking trail in the park was built roughly in a shape of two eights tied at their waist. It was covered on both sides by trees and foliage. To an extent that any walking person could not see ahead of the path, after a few meters, the track was wide enough, so did not pose much of problem while walking. He took five or six rounds of this walking track, initially ambling and later on picking up the pace. He was walking at a pace good enough to catch up with a man walking well 20 meters ahead. The man was wearing a green hoodie, looked jumpy by this way of constantly turning head and with his edgy walk. Brooding morbidly, Ram thought of this walkway as an allegory of life, he began to build up similarities in his weary mind, some absurd, some bizarre. Life, where a man could not foresee his future, unaware of what lay at the bend, as well leaving behind the treaded path as new one unfolded in front. He further pondered that the waste of two eights of the track is akin to the juncture on life where reality mixes with dream and it's difficult to fathom which path one was walking. Such was his state of mind. Suddenly he smelt a whisper of cologne, the one he despised a lot, not because he disliked it, but it appeared to be a low-cost brand, cheap enough for him to be able to buy even in his college days, when he was barely making ends meet. But why was he transfixed on this particular smell today? While walking on the next brand, he saw two women walking together, too overly dressed for an evening walk. Walking a few paces behind them was the man in a green hoodie. 
After a few rounds, he felt exhausted and sat down on the same bench. The man with the mobile didn't even bother to look up while he sat. Ram wondered if this man would even notice if murder would take place here in front of him. He looked at his watch and found it's just 7.10 p.m. Quite drained, physically and emotionally, he dozed off as soon as he settled on the bench and went into a lucid phase. His mind was too agitated and body too edgy. He felt nauseous and allowed himself to fall back limply on the bench's back. Even after this, he didn't feel well. Suddenly, he saw his left hand flickering and flashes of bright light in front of his eyes. The sounds of the surrounding became too deafening. That cheap colon hit him again triggering all his senses into a frenzy. Immediately after this, he lost contact with the surroundings and fell on the ground, convulging. While falling, he wondered if his neighbor had noticed his fall and felt precarious. Lying on the ground with his half-open eyes, he noticed a few people circled him. There was a beautiful woman wearing a heavy dress with a loud necklace, calling him pretentiously. He drew a sigh of relief and closed his eyes once more. Even after sleeping good seven hours, his restless mind could not be reined. It went berserk, borne on his overexcited senses and thoughts. He was writhing and gasping. Someone nudged his shoulder, as if trying to wake him up, suddenly felt a jolt. It seemed as if someone was trying to push him over the bench. He heard a distant voice, first faint, then loud enough to cause him to wake up startled. His wife was standing over him, shaking him up vigorously. As soon he opened his eyes, the shaking and yelling stopped. His wife was smirking. Don't you have office today? He looked at her lovely face and his eyes stopped at a beautiful necklace in her neck. He had gifted this to her on their anniversary yesterday. He recalled how he almost lost this necklace soon after buying when he left it on the restaurant table and the waiter wearing a green hoodie came running after him to return it. He felt immensely obliged and tried to reward him, but he declined. He smiled lovingly at his wife and caressed the necklace she was wearing. His wife was busy with her course, so she brushed him aside and walked away. Before leaving the room, she felt something with her feet beside the bed. She bent down to pick up the headphone that was lying on the floor and kept it on the table near his mobile phone.